0: You're listening to the Behavior Change Marketing Bootcamp Podcast for people passionate about making a positive change. We believe understanding your audience is the key to maximum impact, and behavioral science takes this to a whole new level. Join your host, Ruth Dale, and expert guests to explore biases, beliefs, why we do what we do, and why we don't do what we said we would do. and welcome to the Behaviour Change Marketing Bootcamp podcast. I'm delighted to welcome into the studio today, our lovely virtual studio, Leanne and Polly. Leanne and Polly both recently took the Behaviour Change Marketing Bootcamp training day. And I would like to describe Leanne as her passion is definitely all communications, but especially the authentic voice. And Polly is very much focused on clear messaging and ensuring clear communications. I'm going to hand over to them now to introduce themselves. So Leanne, if I start with you, please do share with the listeners what you do, what you're based and a little bit about why you went on the bootcamp course.
1: Thanks Ruth. It's uh, nice to be here today with you. My name is Leanne. I work for public health in NHS Lothian. I have a specialist remit around young people's health, working to promote information in and around sexual health, mental health and well-being, some maternal health. And I loved the boot camp because it gave some very practical ideas around application of behavioral science into the work. And I tend to use this a lot around strategy connected to campaigns and big pieces of work. But coming out of the day, I think it was more about just looking how we can influence messages and really, really think about starting point of the audience so that we can get our messages spot on for for what we're doing, taking a step back and really thinking about what we're saying, using some of the frameworks within the community and the, the science to understand how we can work smarter, how we can do this work well. So for me and working with young people in particular, it's always felt something that's very, very relevant to the work. It just allows us to get the messages correct and and, and be sympathetic really with what's actually what's available to the audience. Well,
0: that was brilliant, Leanne. Thank you so much. So just over to Polly to say hello. Polly, please do introduce yourself.
2: Thanks, Ruth. Yeah, I'm really pleased to be here as well. And it's good to hear a bit more about what Leanne does too, to get an understanding. My route to behavioural change was, was actually, I didn't take a traditional route at all. I'm not sure anyone does, do they? So I actually began in journalism, so a long, long time ago. And I was a primarily a visual communicator. So I started off in photography. And actually oh, what wow. I wanted to do, yeah, it's, it's strange route in really, because what I wanted to do was, was visual communication in terms of graphics. So I came late to the written word, although obviously it's a huge part of what I did for my degree. So... Along the way, life takes you in many directions, but I've, I have very recently then came to public health and I've been working for Live Well Dorset, who are a behavior change service. And primarily our, our USP really is the coaching that we offer. And it was all a mystery to me, if I'm honest. I found I came into this service. I didn't really know much about behavior change. It was all a a bit of a baptism of fire, really. I joined during lockdown, so I had so much to learn remotely as well. So, you know, this is only two years in the making for me. But what I was gifted very early on was one of your boot camps, Ruth. And mm. that's what really, uh, I have to tell you, it was my turning point. So I don't know if, I, if I've ever told you that. No, oh,
0: that's <laughs> amazing, Polly, because you were there from the beginning. I remember yeah. now. Yeah. The back... days were a bit shorter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> way, back.
2: <This laughs> way back. It was exhausting. <laughs> yes. yeah, it we were shopping <laughs> three years of learning into a day. <laughs> that's so true. It was a lot shorter. It, it was a colleague of mine said, so look, I've got to sign up for this. I'm going to gift it to you. I think it will change your world. And um, I have to tell you, it did because I suddenly oh, wow. had the interest and I was like, wow. And in fact, stuff we'll talk about later. It will probably uh, give you a bit of an insight as to how I suddenly was like, oh, this is like the pennies dropping. It was a light bulb moment for me. So I actually had quite a hybrid role. So some of my work was based in comms. Some of my work was based in training and engagement. So I kind of had this sort of, A thread running through it for me of using um, Combi. So the Combi model. And luckily, the light bulb moment for me with you was that you reminded me that this applies, not just because we only used it in coaching, really. So I had to go back to my team and say, we should be using Combi everywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, so uh, yeah, it's clear messaging for us was absolutely key because in public health, you know, obviously... Meeting people where they are. I think that's the, the interesting thing about that is, you know, you cannot uh, drag people to it. You have to meet people where they are right now so they can hear you. So that's, that's really it for me. I mean, I'm, I'm about to actually move roles. So I'm, I'm leaving LiveWell to go into public health comms, so pure comms, next week, in fact. Oh, congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. But it's, it's the right route for me. And uh, having gleaned all I have, I feel like it's, yeah, it's a good time.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. Oh. Well, congratulations on the job, Polly. That's amazing. (laughs) And thank you for the kind words. And yes, I forgot that you were there from the beginning. (laughs) So that's amazing. So we've touched on it a little bit, but I thought it'd be really lovely just to focus in on the breadth of how behavioural science is useful for in-house. We have this phrase that we say in the training a lot, that the behavioural science and behaviour change isn't just for agencies. It's not just for the campaigns when you've got the big budget. So although the learning does help you develop a great commissioning spec and everything, but there are so many examples of where once you understand it, once you have those light bulb moments, the ones you mentioned, Polly, you can see, actually, you can take it home and you can apply the training the next day. So yeah, Leanne, you mentioned that you sort of use it across a breadth and you mentioned strategy. Could you sort of share where behavioural science helps you most? what value it adds in the different sort of arenas that a comms professional take.
1: Yeah. So I think picking up on what Polly said there in terms of meeting people where they are is for me, my starting point for any kind of messaging or trying to change comms, you know, it's absolutely fundamental to any like success really, isn't it? So you yeah. once you start to get that epiphany into your mind, you can actually have start from that point for pretty much anything and i'm a great lover of combi as well and so it is something that when we're thinking about some of the the learning of our social norms are whoever your audience is you can apply this thinking to it i'm always always saying it doesn't matter what it's about about never putting forward the negative messaging and always you know proposing what is positive and i'm famous for taking down shouty signs in, in our in brilliant. our base because I will die on my soul
0: that they will not <laughs> work
1: <laughs> so you know from that basis onwards I think you can always learn and I was having a conversation this week about improving internal comms for our directorate and having a look at, and seeing what we can actually improve on and what the offer is for staff coming not coming out of COVID but as we move towards some sort of recovery and I think it the sort of structure of what um, is behind this work is about taking a beat, taking a step back, and having a look across the piece, and not diving in with assumptions. Actually, is an important point, and just having a look at exactly what Polly says—that where people are, what the culture is at the moment. You know, we're thinking about going back to work and the hybrid, and what it is feeling like for a lot of people in a practical sense, and then what your how your messages can—it's common sense in a lot in a lot of times. But when we remind people of the fundamental principles behind the work, you have much highest chance of success of actually breaking through what the barriers are. And I've applied this a lot to uh, medical information that I've worked with consultants with to improve understanding and so that the phrasing's better. So it's positive. I mean, it's always, I'll always start at that point, really, that. You start from trying to be positive rather than the shouty, rather than the negative, and which is what was you know within the course in terms of a big learning, or or just sort of reiterating that really.
0: And it's it's just such a natural place. It is a light bulb moment. Don't get stuck in the problem. Yeah, and we don't want to get stuck in the problem, and we often start off with the best intentions to not get stuck in the problem. But the realities, I think, of working in a complex system. There's so much expectation. Timeframes are usually quite short. And sometimes we do. We do get the messaging just starts to reinforce all of the barriers and the problems. Absolutely, and We don't get to shift to the solution. So yeah, Combi is a lovely framework to help us do that shift and take that shift. And like you say, meet people where they are. It's up to us to join their conversation, isn't it? Not for the, us to expect them to join ours.
1: And I think it's on the back of that, really, it's always coming back to something that Rebecca Roberts is someone I work with a lot who works in youth engagement. And she and I met an online event. And for young people in particular, it's what's in it for them, and which is another theme that you know, it's something that I come back to all the time with with my work a lot. And it's it can be applied to absolutely everything. And I know it's a theme and a bit of information in the course, but it's this, you have to start there. What's in it? <laughs> because, yes, you know, yeah. we know about loss and perceived loss and what that actually means in real terms. And I think it is about being really, really practical, being really real and realistic in terms of not being floaty, but getting down to being back to what you said right at the start, being authentic in the offer and what we're actually asking people to do.
0: Yeah, I think especially with your audience, young people, they will sense inauthentic, I can't say the word, (laughs) inauthenticity. (laughs) That happens to me a lot. (laughs) But they'll they'll see right through you immediately. You can't come in with a, a long policy style messaging or even a dictatorial type, you know, you're a problem. And I think if we're not careful in public health, sometimes public health policy, just because of the nature of the needs assessments and things, it just can, with young people, shift towards seeing them as a problem because we're always trying to solve their problems. No, 100%. And actually, if we start from the point where we don't see them as a problem, we just see that's life and that's what's happening. And we, actually, we can't come in and solve their problems. It's not up to us, anyway. So I think, yeah, and I love Rebecca Roberts' podcast as well. She has agreed to come on the show. Yay! So shout out to Rebecca there that she is such an amazing person with young people. And so Polly, what about from your perspective? Because you were saying about using combi then in a training and education, then moving it across to use it more widely. Hmm. Was there any particular areas where you felt it really helped moving forward?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it gets overlooked, you know, and many of the people that have joined our service have, I mean, to, to be training officers or, you know, in engagement may not have had that background training in COMB or any kind of behavioral change, you know, so they, they're aware that that's what we use and we back everything up with science and that, you know, we use COMB and, you know, it's all there, but it's, it's almost like you have to take them right back to the beginning. So I did an action learning set not long after one of your boot camps, Ruth, just to take people back to the very beginning and and literally the closing that intention to action gap, because I wanted to to remind them that that drop off point for people, because it can happen anywhere, you know, if you haven't managed to yet get across what's in it for them and, you know, got people on board, you know, you're taking them with you they're not going to get there. They're not going to get to that desired behavior. They're not going to do what's ultimately best for them because there's the instant barrier. And it's it's true of young people. I totally agree with you in terms of the you know, and <laughs> uh, Yeah. So, you know, if, if it doesn't strike them as authentic, there we go, you know, straight off the bat, it's the same. And in fact, actually, I, I wonder if it might be a bit worse with adults who've already got themselves into that deeply ingrained behaviors, behavioral patterns they don't want to change. Uh, They can't see the benefit in doing that. They've always done it this way. Therefore, you know, so, so I, I took everybody right back to the beginning because we had some, some new training engagement officers come on board and, you know, with the best one in the world, they hadn't really had that background. They didn't have the beginnings of, I didn't, you know, so for me, it was, It was a revelation for me, but I was was suddenly passing on this revelation to them. You know, where they're like, "Oh, that's why we do it. That's what it's about." You know, that's they were very good at what they did, but perhaps they hadn't looked at what was behind it, particularly for Live Well Dorset as a service. So to understand the science, so we went right back to that beginning, and then the combi for them, I, I just took them through it stage by stage, the same way that you do, Ruth. You know, the fantastic way that you break it down and just say, "Really look at each element of this." Dig, dig deep with that. Dig deep with the capability. You know what's their opportunity? I always think so much of the crux of it is in motivation. By the way, I don't know why I always come to that, and I find don't get me wrong, every every bit of combi is really important, but to me, motivators that like, why am I going to do this and why is a big thing for me right now. You know, I think we're we're good at the what and how. You know, you yeah. have to ask why. Why are we doing this? Why are we why are we giving people this opportunity? Why are they going to join us? Why do they want to do it? It's actually probably the the biggest question that sometimes doesn't get asked. So yeah, for us, combi is the main, you know. But but I do think there's so much more, particularly in the uh, in the course. When you talk about East and you know all all of the models you bring to us in there, they they made me think around everything we do with combi. So it it makes it just changes your perspective. It turns it on its head. It makes you explore things in different ways. So. I would always say if you've got extra tools, you know, don't just rely on one. I mean, if you, you know, because there's there's so many, Absolutely. isn't there? So there are, and
0: that's one of the challenges, I think. If you, when you start thinking, oh, there's this new skill set, yes. you know, <laughs> behavioral science, and yeah. it's really good. Well, it's a and wash, actually, fit, isn't it? It's a wash. Yeah, you know? there's it is. Yeah, But it can be very overwhelming very quickly.
2: Yes. Um, and if you're new to it, I think this is the other issue, you know, so some of the people I've been working with recently, they're very new to it, you know, and it's sort of, it seems like a mystery. So it, uh, I think Leanne mentioned this earlier, you know, um, demystifying the whole process is so important. Yeah. you know, making it real and, and showing people it isn't scary. You know, I, I thought when I first came into live thought, oh gosh, you know, am I ever going to be up to this challenge of understanding behavior change, you know, the science. Behind-? It sounded so you know, oh, well, maybe this is beyond me, you know, a job in public health. But actually, there's some kind of very basic strip back fundamentals there about the way people compute, you know, uh, process a message.
0: Oh, absolutely. You just got to think about yourself,
2: how you take something on board. What would motivate me? You know, am I really going to take that forward and do it? Where's my drop off point? And I think that's I know where mine is. That's are.
0: it. <laughs> I know where I mine know.
2: Are. <laughs> I think
0: that's one reason we do love the training so much yes. is because actually you are talking about yourself, your friends, your family. For me, as I'm going through, I'm always thinking about my kids, especially this negative social media, all the parents. <laughs> Every time. Going, oh, God, I do it all the time. And it's like, so don't be hard on colleagues or yourself if you found that actually you've done it again in the workplace because it's so ingrained in us, sadly. We, you know, we do get stuck in that negative. And yeah, but just understanding how people make decisions and the risks that they'll take and their aversion to risk. And one of the reasons I absolutely love it is because it does, I think, flag health inequalities. Because it makes you focus in on them, meet them, as you said, you join their life, their narrative, then you've got to see the realities. So, and immediately you can see how some sort of overarching message is just going to either annoy people or miss the mark entirely. And you're like, are you joking? you know um it's like when you know when you're doing about healthy living and healthy diet and you're working with communities that where you know there's a food desert and you know there's no access to the vegetables that we're giving these most beautiful recipe cards about and things like that and it's it really flags it mm. but in a structured way where it's not saying oh there's no point it it says look th- this area too this is a we need to and i think it's really good for bringing in other disciplines and other team members from out of comms, because comms isn't always the answer. Actually, you need something to communicate about. We need stuff to be happening, to be addressing the barriers. And especially with A&E, I think it, it, that was our last, most of our conversations in the last bootcamp training were about the A&E messaging. First of all, it says don't go to A&E, <laughs> everywhere. A&E's everywhere. Okay, well, if I wasn't thinking about it, I am now. <laughs> but, then, but then also, you know, people, we talk to people at a time when they're in need of treatment, they're in pain. So we know from the science that that's the worst time to ask people to make a decision. So, they're not going to make a rational decision because, and the behavioral science has taught us that we're all irrational anyway. Yeah. So, we need to start a lot earlier and start from the premise that we are irrational and we're not going to make the best decision all the time. And actually, when you do that, it does open up the creativity, I think, it widens the messaging and all of that jazz. So I was thinking about actual skills to make it a little bit tangible. So question to you both, because we have got these most wonderful academics and they're incredible. So a huge thank you to all the behavioural scientists out there, because they are producing all of this work and it's brilliant. But then are there any examples that you could share where you've actually thought, yeah, this has sort of helped an essential skill? Or sometimes I see in blogs and things, people saying, oh, behavioural science is the next new skill set for comms. But actually, when we look at these frameworks and this evidence, how does it get translated? What's the actual, what does it look like in comms? Because that's the difference, I think, with training. It should be telling you, this is how to use it. It's that old show me, don't tell me shift. And are there any skills that you feel it helped you with or you thought, actually, I really want to get moving on those?
1: I think for me. It's sort of the step before, if you were to think about campaign planning and maybe bigger pieces of work, what it's done for me is really put the onus on evidence and then thinking about measurement. And it's something that came up when we are talking about it in the course, Ruth, about sometimes actually discovering what you shouldn't do because yeah. you can't measure it. And it's very, very nice to have sort of piece of work. And ultimately, when you're thinking about I use Amec as a framework when I'm working on a a strategy for a campaign, for instance. And when you're thinking about all the aspects of outputs and impact, behavioral change and the actual looking at the data, the audience capability, and then asking them. So it brings in the need for research and real research. And for us, I'm working on a piece of work on positive consent at the moment. By looking at barriers, capabilities, we knew that we needed to bring young people into the actual process basically and they they came in with us they actually interviewed the agency and then they've verified everything that we've done based on initial conversations about what it is for them going way back to what Polly was talking about there about meeting them where they are and the authentic voice because when you're talking about something like that I mean we're just adults talking down you know so I think for me Thinking about that as a starting point when you are thinking about what you're doing, the scope of the work, and not plucking it out of the air, let's do this, this is nice to do, it starts to underpin something that can actually be measured and that we can, when it's like the subjects that we work in, which are really hard to measure, it makes it more practical. It focuses your mind into, right, what can we actually show we've done here when, you, when you're looking at sentiment and change? When you're looking at really difficult pieces of work about like not awareness, we're not doing awareness, we're doing about how has this actually changed someone's life or or thought process and how can we see any type of intention of change here? So what for me, I would say that was the biggest tool in my planning for bigger pieces of work really is that starting there and really examining your thought process and influencing a wee bit when you are working with other commissioners who maybe not are involved and bringing it back a couple of steps so that the work is actually meaningful and measurable, yes. so it bolts on for me in terms of a process now, and that's definitely what I'd say is the main the main skill set oh, from that. That's fantastic, Leanne. Mm.
0: that's brilliant, so it's a bolt it's actually sort of gotten joined the strategic approach, yes, so then it filters through to everything. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that what you just said about intention to change as well, that shift from measuring from awareness to intention to change. Yeah. Because if we're not measuring from a health inequalities perspective, we don't know that we're not widening health inequalities. So even though it might tick lots of boxes and take pressure off, it makes everyone feel very busy and creative can be beautiful. If we don't know what it the impact is, we don't we can't be comfortable saying, actually, I don't know. We didn't inadvertently make something worse.
1: Because it, it starts to influence what you're actually what your outputs are basically, because for us, you know, then we've created a youth work session where we can measure that. That can be it'll be put in the national curriculum. It'll be, you know, it thinks about right, what's useful here based on what they've said. <laughs>
2: That's so important, Leanne. I think what's useful, you know, it's It's funny, we go off on these tangents and I've seen it happen, you know, like you say, Ruth, creating beautiful comms, you know, these beautiful visuals or, you know, which is like the dream, isn't it? You know, but it doesn't matter if they're like the most aesthetically pleasing, (laughs) beautiful thing in the world to me. If I haven't reached my audience and again it's authenticity leanne you, you've said it it's absolutely true if it isn't clear enough if it doesn't resonate with that audience you know you're you're going to miss your mark so wildly you may worsen those inequalities and that yeah. and you widen that gap and then you know it's even further to to build that bridge you can't get to people because you've already alienated them by making it look like there's this kind of aspirational amazing thing being a Purely just from your comms being off, <laughs> off on a tangent of, mm. of something so pretty and, and, and wonderful. And, and because it's, we sometimes get caught up in that, which is why, I mean, obviously, I've been much more in a training and engagement world in the last six months, particularly with one foot in comms, uh, but making sure I was constantly bringing it back. Like if we have that captive audience and they are, you know, okay, we're not training face to face, but we're virtually training face to face. And we have that opportunity to share that knowledge and take it to people directly, you know, and they're they're hearing it from me. It's no good if I'm wrapping it up in language that is absolutely so far removed from anything that's A, authentic, B, real for them, like really real, like, you know, hitting them on an everyday level that is relevant to their life and relevant to their circumstance. And it's going to inspire them to make the change so the intention to change that it's going to be long-lasting by the way as well you know we have to yeah it's not just about having oh i've got the intention yeah how long is that going to last is that staying with you i don't know and i and i mean just so so much of what you said then sorry i was just it was just pinging off like (laughs) but yes 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 this is absolutely it and i think i've been really championing that whole coming back to Our audience all of the time. Actually, I didn't think about it at the beginning, but actually, it's absolutely where Leanne is. And um, just if you can't reflect your audience in that messaging, if you can't, if you're not holding up a mirror, they're not going to see it. They're just not going to see it. It will just be like holding a pane of glass up in front of them. It's, it won't be there.
0: Oh, I love that phrase, Polly. Hold up, hold up a mirror.
2: <laughs> oh, idea, yeah, idea. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah I, yeah. I think it's the only way that it, it becomes relatable. It's funny. I say it to my friends sometimes. They're talking about their life and I go, you're just holding up a mirror. I'm right with you, you know, and that's it. You know, you, you have to have completely reflective of, of where someone is, I think
0: absolutely oh you guys are amazing and thank you for mentioning the bridge analogy because actually that's what it's all about is that getting them to well us bridging the intention action gap so marketing and comms as a professional discipline can help do that and really support people and how wonderful to take people on that journey when you get it right Mm -hmm. and then you can have the most positive impact and really make a difference But like you say, if you get it wrong, sometimes you don't even know. If you're not measuring, you don't even know unless you're in COVID country. And when it goes wrong, (laughs) the the world talks about it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So thank you, guys. I'd just like to ask our final question to you is what books would you recommend for a colleague? So
2: Polly, was will with you. What book would you recommend okay. for colleagues? So given that I am relatively speaking a newbie, so I see myself that I'm, I'm learning. I'm so I'm learning all the time, which is why I keep showing up, Ruth, because you know, not only is it what you teach me, it's the people that join you as well. They're just hugely yeah, they're inspiring. The educators, it's amazing. I just learned so much. I learned so much. So I'd really say to everybody, if you haven't done this yet, please do it. <laughs> Do the vlog. Oh, no, honestly, I really, I genuinely mean that. I have learned so much from everybody that's joined your courses. They are incredible, incredible. No. So
0: sometimes, yeah, it's overwhelming. You see a little bit. In the room, <laughs> the expertise in the room. You think, oh my god, we've got like a hundred years worth of expertise in this room. Yes. It's incredible to be able to download that and access that. Oh, I, f-
2: I feel like it's, it's a bit of a cheat for me. I turn up to these things, I go, oh my goodness, I'm just taking away so much more than probably it was ever intended. But it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. The recommendation I have is a book called Why We Resist. And the reason I've got it up in front of me, because I, I always forget the authors, it's Kathleen oh, really? Starr and Lee Householder. And the reason I go to that one is it, to me, it's, it's a great starting point. They break it down so simply with, it's an interactive book as well as lots of exercises in there, but it's a real breakdown of behavior change and the, you know, the the whole methodology without it being overwhelming without it being too far down the line in terms of if you've always had that kind of, because particularly for me, public health background, you know, so, you know, public health messaging, but it's, it's a guidebook, really, it's not, it's not so much a, it's, not the theory heavy It is theory heavy but you know it's done in exercises so oh, i love it it's i loved it because i worked through it i worked through that book and it was a constant reminder i still use it now i still go back to it but it was my very first behavior change book so yeah that's why i'd go to it I haven't heard of that one either.: Did you know? I, to have a look: now. I've got a funny feeling. Like I, I seem to be on my own here. <laughs> I don't know many people that have read this, but it's, um, it breaks it down into nine principles, and wow. it totally worked for me. It might not work for everybody else, but I think as a, if you're starting out, I've recommended it to all my team that I've left behind this week and just said, "Look, if you want to start anywhere understanding what we do. Just take a
1: read of that. Yeah.
0: Oh, thank you so much. That's wonderful. Leanne, how about you?
1: Yeah, well, I did pick a behavioural science or change related book because what, that's what we're talking about. And I like The Choice Factory by Richard Shotton. Mainly, actually, that was the first book I read, actually. And I just like it because it's super practical. And it also yeah. looks at kind of a bit more consumer information which isn't my bag of sweeties really so it was just to try and apply it in a maybe in a more profitable environment as well my not-for-profit world that I've lived in for 18 years so yeah I really like it it's really engaging it's got a lot of case studies in it and it's very accessible I, I think for me I've read Nudge and it can be you know kind of quite hard going in in some bits of it and I think that's what the fear is around about this subject and so when we go into case studies and that's what I would like to see the community kind of do a bit more of is just almost working through the case studies of how we are working. I think that would be I'm sure there's pockets of that happening but the application of it I think is we could all that's what we gain from the course and then we think about oh okay and you get your light bulb moments about how other people are doing it especially in health because you know it's so everyone's tired and people know about the sort of strategies around this now so when we can share learning and kind of appl- application of it i think it's you know that's yeah, what, where I totally the gold agree. is
2: yeah i totally agree with that leanne that's exactly you know the application like it makes you just think in so many different ways and I think that's where it's very easy, isn't it? To get lost in your day to day or doing things the same way or one way, you know, we're, we're all just kind of getting the job done, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. and then I come along to boot camp, and it's like, ah, oh, it's almost, I, I almost kick myself. I don't know whether you ever get this moment. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, for goodness sake, it's like right there in front of me. You know, yeah. I should have been turning it on its head, looking at it this way, change of perspective, you know, or even when you talk about the consumer led behavioral Science, you know that the way that it's used,
1: <laughs> and
2: I'm—I I think you mentioned Netflix in our last boot camp, and I was just like, "Oh, oh yeah, they're the kings. My, of- they are the kings." Yeah, but I know this sounds naive, Ruth. Yeah, I was okay. like, oh, literally, yeah. you, what? Like I you could have heard the thud on the floor when I—it was a realization to me. I was like, "Yeah, I am so naive. This has once been used it. Everywhere. <laughs> it is
0: everywhere. Well, yeah, uh, you can't unsee it. Can no, you, you can't see it?" it. That's it. It's like I can't listen to the charts anymore. <laughs> like, I know, I know why they're all number one. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's racing to get, you know, the, be part of the top of, you know, even the teenagers when everyone used to record the countdown on an actual <laughs> tape recorder.
1: We're all showing our age now.
2: Editing out Bruno oh. Brooks. Oh yeah, don't worry. I, did it. I know. I know. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well you guys have been wonderful.
0: And I just thinking whenever we talk, and it's in the training too, it's almost like we do want this safe space for afterwards, just for everyone to keep sharing and talking and everything. And that would be amazing. And like a network just dedicated to that that's really accessible for everyone wouldn't it so you know, it would be amazing yeah definitely so thank you so much both of you really appreciate your time today and good luck with the future and all of your plans and good luck applying behavioral science and do keep in touch and i will pop your emails and linkedin in the show notes so if anyone has any questions for you okay if they get in touch with you
2: definitely Absolutely, yeah. any, Absolutely. any shared
0: learning fantastic thanks so much
2: thank you ruth thank you Ruth.
0: thanks for having us thank you. so right now i'm sending huge gratitude and thank you over the sound waves over the airwaves sound or airwaves or both <laughs> but to you polly and leanne thank you thank you thank you i had a blast chatting with you and you just offered so many light bulb moments so thank you And if you would like to join Leanne, or I should say for everybody that would like to join Leanne and Polly, and if you've done boot camp you will know what I've just done there. So for everybody that would like to join Leanne and Polly, please do have a look at our website and do check out the July dates. Uh, Wednesday the 6th of July is a winter special and Friday the 8th of July is for everyone. So uh, we'd love to see you there. Do hop on over to our website www.socialinsightmarketing.com Co. uk. So yes, of course, brand domain change very much needed as bootcamps sort have of taken off um, to be a brand all on its own. But for now, it is still sitting on uk. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, show us some love and leave a review on iTunes. We'll leave you with Ruth's favorite quote from Alice in Wonderland. I knew who I was this morning, but I've changed a few times since then. Got a favorite quote about the magic of change? Tell us over at the Behavior Change Marketing Bootcamp Group on LinkedIn. Join us for a Mad Hatter's Tea Party, virtually.